It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed to the party i'm sam ekstrom of locked on sports minnesota on today's show i invite all of you to join me on mike petten island hey this is arif with pro football network i'm coming at you live in a recording from arizona and i'm luke braun of locked on vikings and i will not join sam on any islands the lodging is cheap. There's no wait at the restaurants. The staff is pleasant. I don't know why you wouldn't, Braun. You're making a big mistake, <laughs> and I'll tell him why on the Minnesota Football Party. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out, talking next-level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Happy Monday, everyone. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. This is the Minnesota Football Party, and this is the crew today. Arif Hassan, Pro Football Network, Luke Braun, Locked On Vikings. And today, we dive into the Vikings defensive coordinator woes, the inability to land one. And I'm going to tell you why Mike Pettin, he's still available. He's still my guy. I love Mike Pettin. We're also going to dive into the Super Bowl matchup and uh, tell you how these teams were constructed and what the Vikings can learn from the Eagles and Chiefs. This show can be found in a multitude of ways. Amazon Fire Stick and Roku, Locked on Sports Minnesota app on there. Watch us on the big TV. You can also find us on YouTube, Locked on Sports Minnesota. Subscribe for free. And wherever you get your podcasts, we're free and available. Arif and Luke, big news yesterday. Ejiro Averro 
has declined the Vikings. He has gone to the Carolina Panthers to be their defensive coordinator. That means Nielsen out, Desai out, and now uh, Averro out. That leaves Flores and Petten, my guy who I've been so often ridiculed. Hey, he is a final two candidate for the Vikings defensive coordinator job, people. I'm speaking tongue-in-cheek, but it's down to Flores and Petten. Arif, your thoughts? Uh, I, don't know baby. Any, <laughs> I don't know that anyone was ridiculing you for a predictive reason. I think that they were concerned about the quality. I don't think anyone's surprised that Petten's a finalist. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see kind of where, where Brian Flores uh, ends, up, uh, ends up taking interviews and stuff like that. I know that he's a finalist with the Cardinals. I know that he's a finalist. Uh, elsewhere, the Cardinals were taking a very long time for their head coaching search. So are the Colts. Um, so it has delayed the Vikings, who have taken obviously a very long time to identify a defensive coordinator that they want, but they're interested in Brian Flores. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about him. I'm interested in him. I don't think that there is a ton of evidence that he would be a bad defensive coordinator. He has done uh, some pretty incredible things and some pretty incredible defenses over the past several years. So certainly he deserves uh, consideration. Um, I am not necessarily on Sam's side, but I do think that the concerns that people have about Mike Pettin are drastically overblown. I think that there's a really good opportunity to have good defense there. But yeah, I mean, the Vikings are just in a holding pattern until we get this head coaching stuff worked out. Bron, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I've already kind of shared my thoughts on all of these guys on my show and on previous episodes of this, so we don't need to rehash any of that. I'm not a huge fan of Petten. I just think it represents a little bit too much continuity. Um, but here's what I'll say. wasn't a big fan of Kevin O'Connell either. But what I said was, I'll give it a chance, right? And if it's Petten, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a as, as good a chance as anybody, and if they come out in the first three games and the defense is really good, I'll go, all right, good job, you proved it. And then that'll be that. Um, but I think if they do end up losing out on Flores, say he takes the Cardinals head coaching job or whatever, um, it might behoove the Vikings to expand their search a little bit more since they interviewed a lot of people and didn't actually get a really good shot at any of them, except I guess they could have had Desai, but they like pretty clearly didn't like him that much. <laughs> Um, and I, it, because they're still, I mean, there are still two teams that they're not allowed to interview people off of. One of them runs a very similar scheme to them. Uh, the Eagles run a really similar structure. Jonathan Gannon runs it way differently, but it's kind of the same, uh, language. It lives in the same world. And there's definitely, um, Denard Wilson is a really interesting name that I think that they could reach out to. And, um, if they lose out on Flores, they aren't just stuck with Petten. If they don't reach out to somebody else, it tells us that they want it, that they were like okay with Petten. Not that they went, ah, this is the only guy we can. It's not their fallback school, you know? Like they're picking this guy. There is nothing stopping them from going out and, and, and widening the net. Um, and if they don't do that, then that kind of tells us about their intentions. Yeah, let me be clear about where I'm at. I don't believe Petten gets hired. But I think the hand-wringing over his candidacy is insane. People hate the guy because he was an assistant for one year on Ed Donatello's bad defense. Like, look at the broader picture here. Um, the Vikings are so bottoming out defensively that you really can't do much worse. Now, we said this last year, and maybe it could happen again. That's good, um, Sam. You can always do it, worse. It can always. It's the worse. rule. It's it like can the rule. Always get worse. 
I need to repin that tweet, man. <laughs> the Vikings, too. the last three years combined. You you know, you're right, Luke. The Vikings can get worse because the last year, three years combined, their passing yardage allowed is 31st only to Tennessee. Their total yardage allowed is 30th only to Detroit and Houston. Their points allowed is 29th to Detroit, Houston, and Las Vegas. Their rushing yards allowed 26th. Their yards per play allowed 30th to Detroit and Houston. So you're right, Luke. They could be worse. They could be it Detroit. It felt impossible to get Houston. worse after we fired Zimmer. And we're like, man, well, of course the defense can't get worse. We just fired the head coach over it. And it got worse by like a lot. Doesn't yeah, also, the Vikings job also, there's, strike there's a you? a difference between being barely 32nd in a number of categories and drastically 32nd mm -hmm. in a lot of categories. Especially on defense, the nature of defense is such that there is definitely ways you can always you can always give up an extra yard or another three points. You could always do that. Uh, I I I don't I do want to push back against how uh, Vikings fans have written off Mike Pettin, especially because they don't seem to want to get rid of the rest of the defensive staff, which to me represents something closer to continuity than actually bringing in Mike Pettin, who is not involved in play calling. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't ever want to say it couldn't get worse. That that to me invites hexing. That's curse language. <laughs> it's begging for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't the Vikings though represent a huge opportunity for a rehabilitation project? Like anyone looking at this, the the bar is set so low. Um, and maybe sure. that's like maybe that's bad for a guy like Evero who has head coaching aspirations and thinks he can get it next year. Like he wants a, a good one year with a solid high floor defense where he can, can land that gig. But to me, I feel like whoever comes in here, they're going to get their pick. I assume in choosing their guys in draft and free agency, they get kind of a whole new deck. They get to build something and the bar is set literally at the bottom. They, they, they really have, I think a lot of wiggle room or like a low barrier for success in this case. So what if you're Evero, why do you think he said no? Why do you think he chose Carolina? Uh, because he, like you said, um, he was in the head coach cycle. Uh, and here in his position, it makes more sense uh, to be careful than aggressive, right? If you're a defensive coordinator candidate who wants to make a name for themselves, I think joining the Vikings defense makes a lot of sense. Evero's already done that. In fact, we know that that's kind of his attitude because he turned down the interim head coaching job with the Denver Broncos because why would he want his head coaching resume tainted with that? So <laughs> I think that um, for him, it was very much about kind of managing because we've seen a number of people either turn down head coaching jobs or lose an opportunity for a head coaching job, have an understanding that that's going to be available for the next year. And it wasn't. I mean, I mean, from Byron Leftwich is the perfect example, right? He turned down the Jacksonville Jaguars job for, I think, very good reasons. Um, it turns out that it was a great job, according to you know Doug Peterson and the record he was able to. But I think at the time, great reasons to turn down the Jaguars job. He thought he was going to be in the head coaching cycle next year. He certainly was wrong about that. And that's not the first time that that's happened. So, um, yeah, I, I think it makes sense for him to be kind of careful about that. And I think that that's primarily driving him. I'm sure if you asked him, he wouldn't say that at all, but it very much seems like that's what's happening. Hmm. There was also some scuttlebutt around um, the 
personnel in Carolina just matching the Evero, the Fangio scheme a little bit better than the Vikings who are still kind of caught between the zone match, man match world. Um, I, I don't know. I They've got younger players. They've got guys like Brian Burns and JC Horn and Jeremy Chin. Um, so maybe there was something about that, that it's kind of already built in the form that it's going to be. And the Vikings, the form that the Vikings defense will take, I don't think it looks like that yet. And maybe you would rather have something that's like kind of ready out of the box and something you have to go and There's do a your lot own you gotta do, version I think, of building. Carolina to make it look like that, honestly. I don't, I, that, that seems like hope. That sounds like hope to me. J.C. Horns, one of his comps was Patrick Peterson. Like, come on. I, I I don't think I agree with it either, but I should mention that it was out there. No, it's, it's fair to bring it up. I just uh, disagree with it. The Chiefs and Eagles built their defenses in very unique ways. I want to address this after I tell folks that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And you can bet Super Bowl 57. With no sweat first bet, get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You can bet on the money lines. You can bet on the point spreads, the lines, the props, who is going to score the first touchdown, how long the national anthem is going to be. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use, and you get paid your winnings instantly. FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I look at the Eagles. I look at the Chiefs and I wonder, other than having an elite quarterback, what do the Vikings have to do to mimic these teams success? And I, I think it's intriguing to look at their respective defenses, guys. If you recall, and I know you recall, the Eagles were in cap hell like three years ago. Remember this? Last year. They had like the worst cap stitch in the league last year. This they year, were they, they were the, the uh, yeah, they and the Saints were like the two worst every single season. They had Foles. They had Jeffrey. Remember Elshon Jeffrey? They had Jernigan, Cox, Ertz, Jenkins, Peters, Aguilar, McLeod, Bradham. And I didn't even name all of them. They had 16 guys in 2019, making $5 million or more. They had an absurd salary cap uh, deficit. And just a couple years it all, is all it took for them to really reset things to the point where they had enough capital to sign Reddick, Kazir White, Darius Slay, James Bradbury, who was a bargain, uh, Javon Hargrave. They traded for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Like, they constructed this defense not super cheaply, but they plumbed the free agent market. They made some savvy deals. They made some big 
you know, gave some big paydays away. And, uh, and here they are with really a whole new set of defensive players, and they didn't have to suffer that long. Meanwhile, and, got the- and they had enough really quickly. They had enough wiggle room to sign both in Dominic Sue and Linval Joseph partway yeah. through the season. Yeah, like they they brought in all these guys, and voila, they've got a defense. Then the Chiefs, on the other hand, they literally home grew theirs, basically all draft picks, except for um, uh, who am I forgetting that they brought in on the defensive line? Oh, Frank, Frank Clark. Clark? Yeah. yeah, Frank Clark. Um, otherwise, it's fifth round picks, third round picks, seventh round picks. They just drafted unbelievably well, and uh, they kept that thing competitive with a really expensive quarterback. So, uh, Eagles, cheap quarterback. They actually spent on defense and they they shuffled the deck. The Chiefs, expensive quarterback. They drafted well. Did the Vikings have to take the Chiefs route to rebuild this thing, or can they do this the Eagles way and find mercenaries to come in and uh, and play for them for a couple of years? I mean, the why Vikings... not nail free agency and the draft? <laughs> yeah, why not both? You have to pick uh, one. You why, have. To why, pick not, one. why not? Why well, not? If, if I'm like get good players one. in all the avenues and miss on nobody, that seems yeah, best. If, <laughs> if if I have to pick one, it's obviously the draft because it's cost yeah, controlled sure. and gives you um, a lot more uh, flexibility, right? Um, but like, it, it is difficult to overstate how well the Chiefs have nailed their like last couple of defensive drafts. Like that is unsustainably good right like the fact that they've got three uh or I, I guess if we include all defensive backs four rookie defensive backs three of whom are playing at a high level the other one is joshua williams who's not bad right but like the jalen watson and trent mcduffie and brian cook are playing like lights out football they got that they drafted both nick bolton and willie gay who are playing pretty good i think nick bolton's probably overrated but i mean he was playing really well um, and, and you take a look at kind of the role players that they have on the defensive line, you know, the impact that like George Karloftis has had in pass rush rotation. It's so hard. It's so hard to find that all from two, three draft classes that'll give you the kind of defensive push that you need. So if I get to pick which one I'd prefer, it'd be the draft because you, not only are they cost controlled or cost controlled for a number of years, the Eagles will have to make a lot of tough decisions. Uh, again, they're in cap hell. And it would be really difficult for them to keep Darius Slay at his current contract. He's at a $26 million cap hit. They'll have to find a way to re-sign James Bradbury. CJ Gardner-Johnson's gone. I mean, there's a lot of things that they have to do. Not impossible. They just did it. But it just is nice to have the kind of flexibility that's afforded to you by having that kind of draft class. So, yeah, if I prefer one, it would be the Chiefs. If I think one, one is more realistic, I think manipulating the cap and finding bargain-free agents and putting them in roles that are ideally suited for. I can't think of a better example of that than C.J. Gardner-Johnson. I can't think of a better fit for kind of finding someone off of pseudo waivers, not really waivers, uh, and putting them in a defense ideal for him and James Bradbury. I mean, they, they just did a really excellent job placing players that will be undervalued into the right spots to make them succeed. And they manipulated the cap well enough to get them in. And I think that that's an easier thing to do because all you have to do is identify players that have already played in the NFL and you know what their skill sets are going to be. Let's look at just one area of the Vikings defense because the Eagles did a great job on the secondary, an outstanding job without really having to draft a lot of these guys. Hey, Marcus Epps is a key piece on that team. Where'd they get him from? Hmm. He's also hitting free agency, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, no, they've got some changes coming and that's, that's certainly the danger of those shorter deals, more expensive deals. But um, let's look at the Vikings secondary, or cornerback maybe specifically. How are the Vikings going to construct that next year with a limited budget? 
Um, and a big decision to make because it's this big cornerback draft class. Do you pigeonhole yourself into position of need or do you go, you know, BPA? That's going to be the big question going into the draft. But let's say the Vikings don't go corner in the first round. So you're probably not going to get someone who starts day one. How do they put that group together? Any ideas? I think it's important to consider like the time factor because you have you have three young corners right now. I don't know if Cameron Dantzler's part of the plan going forward. So we'll say two young corners. You got Booth and Evans. They're two young corners that you assume are supposed to be part of the roster for the next three years. Um, and then if you draft two more, whether it's a first and a third or whether it's a couple of mid-round guys that are just supposed to be depth or whatever part of the roster they take, those guys will be on the team for four years but assume that they probably take a year to get going, right? Because corners as rookies typically struggle. So who you're going for in free agency, you kind of need to paper it over for one year, two years, rather than trying to find the, you know, the 26-year-old the who just came off his rookie contract who's going to get a market-setting deal. You're looking for something a little bit more like a bridge, which kind of helps you narrow down the pool. And I don't know who that guy is. Um, I mean, shoot, that guy could be James Bradbury. Um, I think maybe one of the most important things for the Vikings in the corner free agent market is finding a nickel. Um, that killed them a lot. I think a lot more than than Vikings fans are giving credit for is is pr production in the slot. Um, and they need to get better at that position, but it's also like one of the most cost efficient positions in free agency. Like mm -hmm. the top end of the it's nickel absurd. market is still yeah. underpaid by a lot. Yeah. Um, the value so that, think... that nickels provide is, I, I think it's probably the most undervalued contract wise position in the NFL right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I could see it for sure. And, um, and, it, and for the Vikings, that's to huge. Out on Chanton Sullivan, that really hurt them. That really yeah. hurt them. Yeah. Shannon Sullivan that. was last in yards per cover snap. I just found this uh, yeah, today. He, he, he allowed uh, the most yards tracks. per cover snap and the most total yards, I believe, from the slot specifically in the NFL. That's I gets rough. the last laugh. Especially, I, I do. Hate <laughs> that. Uh, especially given that teams did not really have a lot of qualms about targeting. Patrick Peterson or whoever was playing opposite him that week, you know, whether or not it was Cam Dantzler or Andrew Booth or a Caleb Evans or whatever, it, there was, there was a target rich environment on that Vikings defense. And so to come out, not only um, on top of that, or I guess at the bottom of that heap and also the NFL heap, despite the fact that there are other targets making your numbers look theoretically better. Daddy is alarming. To me, that's so like people would be like, well, we could line up our best receiver against Patrick Peterson. He'll probably win. But why not just line him up against Chandon Sullivan? He'll definitely win. He'll definitely that's win. That's not good. That's not good. <laughs> the other thing with that is that might be an underestimation because a lot of the problems with the Vikings defense were in coverage adjustments, um, either like pre-snap adjustments or post-snap adjustments. And they were almost always involved, Chandon Sullivan, and it's impossible for, or for us dancer. to tell. Let's not, let's not let well, him get between away the with... two of them. Yes, it would they, be Cameron. It would be Chandon Sullivan and Dantzler, the, or Sullivan the and combination Hicks of the them. Two, yeah, the combination of them on each specific play wasn't probably just the plurality. It was probably the majority of coverage busts, which is astounding. The fact that most coverage busts involved confusion between the two of them specifically, and not. I just don't want to let everybody else off the hook. 
Well, I'm not going to say that Kendricks played remarkably well. I'm not going to say Jordan Hicks was able to cover the flat. I'm not going to say that. Bynum, Peterson, everybody had one. Yeah, but Uh, it was always like them plus Chandon Sullivan. Okay, I'll say this about Bynum. Every time he was involved in a coverage bust, uh, people found a way, and I believe it was genuine every time. People found a way to say that was not Bynum's fault. And I believe them. (laughs) His whole thing was that he adapted to the Zimmer defense extremely well, was really smart about it. And a bunch of players found ways to leak to reporters like, hey, man, that's not on Bynum. I don't want to throw the other guy under the bus, but you got to get it out there that that's not. And uh, that seems pretty relevant to me. Yeah, that makes sense. But Sullivan is at the center of a lot of it. And I wonder how much... And I, I don't know what PFF's process is for assigning that kind of thing when they when they don't know exactly what the coverage call was or if there wasn't a coverage call, but one player thought there would be or whatever. There's kind of no way to know unless you're in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to learn that the actual reality of yards that were Chin and Sullivan's fault is even higher. Yeah. Wow. Right. Uh, get you a Jonathan Jones in free agency. He's mm, probably not going to cost a ton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, get Mike Hilton. Yeah. Is Mike Hilton the free agent though? I don't think so. I don't think no, he is. just that that was a the example that came to my mind of like a not very heralded free agent signing that turned oh, out to be. That great. was like my favorite oh, yeah. in that Bengals class. I, I love that oh, sign. Nice. Um, uh, Jonathan Jones would be great. And that's one of the guys that I would target. Like I think that if you're looking for an outside corner who is not going to break the bank. He'll cost you a lot, but not break the bank. Byron Here's Murphy. the thing about Jonathan Jones. He's played the, the the majority of his snaps in the slot very successfully. Mm-hmm. He played outside last year um, and did all right. I mean, obviously, the Patriots defense did really well. Um, but to me, he's a slot guy if you can convince him to do that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I think he's going to be overpaid to be a slot guy, though. Like, I think I think he will probably wants outside money, and I think he probably will get that type of role. I think if you want, like, cheap slot play, Troy Hill or Bryce Callahan. Like, I, I liked their process of finding a younger guy in Sullivan who probably had more upside. It didn't work out. But if you want something maybe a little safer with a higher floor, Troy Hill, Bryce Callahan, um, I think say, they probably come cheaply. If they if they hire Brian Flores, they should get uh, Jonathan Jones. But if they hire a Fangio guy, I think both Bryce Callahan and Troy Hill would make a lot more sense. Troy Hill, by the way, not successful outside of that system at all, not remotely. But he's been pretty good inside the system. <laughs> um, O'Connell knows him, right? Wasn't he a Rams yeah. guy? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Byron Murphy and Rocky Sin, I would also consider for outside help. Definitely more reclamation projects, the two of them. I wouldn't I wouldn't promise them a starting job, and I wouldn't uh, assume that they'll play well out of the gate, but there's a lot of potential, mm. I think, with both of them. Pending free agent, Mike Hughes. Mm. Highest um, yards per cover snap if you lower the threshold for qualification. Because <laughs> he didn't play yeah. all the snaps. That's he worse. Did, yeah, he didn't, he didn't play enough <laughs> to like, get the 50%. <laughs> but if you, if you go to 20%, Mike Hughes. 
Leave but Mike Hughes lost snaps to a sixth rounder and a seventh rounder. Is that what you're telling me? Did Rookies? that happen? I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In Detroit, were there rookies? Yeah. Uh, was the uh... well? We'll take a look at that. But Mike Hughes. Not I just genuinely can't remember. Detroit. Mike Hughes not getting snaps in Detroit is pretty bad. The only defense to be uh, outproduced by the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, Chase Lucas, I believe, outsnapped him at some point in the season. I don't think in total. He's a seventh round rookie. Uh, and then, oh, I was counting. Uh, I was counting a third round safety. That's not fair. I, I shouldn't do that. Let's assume a Duke Shelley return. Jerry Jacobs, undrafted 2021 guy. Oh. That's who adds not Mike Hughes. That's what I was thinking of. Nice. Yeah. Evans, Booth, Dantzler, and let's assume Shelley. With just that crew, what's your depth chart? Evans? Starting. Ahead of Booth? Yeah, I think so. Dantzler starting. Yeah, Shelly I think, I think Shelly starts yeah. as the the first off the bench booth behind him. Yeah, I I would give booth is like the wild card every opportunity in the world to yeah. uh Shelly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wait, he played better than any other quarterback. Yeah, he was great. I loved yeah. him. With a pretty large sample size, honestly, like I am yeah. totally willing to admit that that's a fluke and that that's not going to sustain itself, especially given the size concerns. Fine, but mm -hmm. like no one has earned the right to competition more on on the defense generally than Duke Shelley. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I, I let him compete for even the outside jobs, which is where he succeeded for Minnesota this year. So yeah, I, I let Duke Shelley compete. For the outside job, I'd give him the nickel roll. I know he doesn't like it. I know he didn't play very well in the nickel in Chicago, but I'd give him the nickel roll because you need talent there, right? Uh, unless you sign nickel and have him compete for both positions, in which case I'd have him compete for the outside position primarily and have him as a backup nickel. But yeah, I that's probably where you're at is, is you've got Duke Shelley coming for either Cameron Dancer or Caleb Evans, most likely Caleb Evans' job uh, as uh, potential starters. But honestly... You're probably drafting and signing a guy. It just kind of depends on how much you sign the guy for and where you draft the guy. Yeah. Did uh, I don't know how closely you guys followed Senior Bowl. Were there any cornerbacks at Senior Bowl that caught your eye? I read about a guy named Julius Brent who sounded like super tall and kind of fun, but I have no clue where he's projected to go. Uh, I don't have a huge read on the Senior Bowl. This year's probably the first year in a long time I haven't had a good read on the Senior Bowl. So. It's going to have to defer on this one. Luke, and, this have, is Luke Inman's department, and yeah, he's he's not here today. Julius Brents, uh, 6'2", 203. I don't know if this is official, est like estimated, like 4'5", 40, they're saying. Um, Scheme-diverse corner with rare physical tools, high-end movement skills. Apparently, he was really good, like a boundary guy. Um, I'm trying to find where he's projected to go. Third round third round grade perfect vikings can get john michael schmitz <laughs> in the first hey. round and julius brents in the third round how's that for a formula oh the yeah. nerds will yell at us so much for taking a center then a corner i mean they will they're right but you know <laughs> <laughs> uh so, yeah luke did you guys see luke inman's mock luke inman did a vikings only oh, mock he traded down to and got John Michael Schmitz in the second round, and PFF gave him a C minus. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the we know who designed round, it. Though, he's right? like that a first-round prospect. That's uh, PFF Moo designed it. If uh, if you take anything short of a quarterback in the first round, there are some questions that you need to answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the PFF yeah. mock simulator is very fun because of all the mock simulators, it's the easiest one to break. Oh yeah, and and they know this, and they have fixed it like three times, and you still can just break. You can still guys. absolutely because they'll yeah. never give up on like in, like they want they like trade downs so much that they'll they, never make it like they, hard. They they love trade downs, and they it's very difficult to draft too many quarterbacks. And honestly, we just. <laughs> Take a look at the Super Bowl right now. Jalen Hurts was drafted when they had a franchise guy. Patrick Mahomes was drafted when they had a Pro Bowl starter that just took him to the playoffs. I feel like they have made a pretty good argument. But, Absolutely, yeah. Never had time any... to take a quarterback. Never about, including right after you just took a quarterback about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the Vikings have such a quarterback, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so uh, that's your answer, Sam. The Vikings should draft no. seven quarterbacks. This class actually has enough quarterbacks to make that possible for once. Oh, so, but they only have five picks, so they can only can't even trade get down. seven. Yeah, well, I'll yeah. trade down a couple of times. They'll, trade, down. They'll, trade down a couple of times. You'll get seven. Max Duggan. Get that Spielman 10. Too. Yeah, yeah. Get you a Hendon Hooker, get you a Max Duggan. Uh, get that was the oh, other funny thing Army. about Luke's trade in his mock is that he they loved the trade. It was a trade down for, like, five picks, and they graded it like an A-plus then the pick was a C minus. Uh, super funny. Uh, let's update our failed parlays from Thursday after I tell you that Built Bar is a delicious treat without all the fat and calories. And you got to try them. Built Bars got you through the holiday season. They got you into the New Year's resolution when you're trying to eat a little healthier. You're not compromising any taste. Now you're into February. Hopefully you're still... Uh, going at it with those New Year's resolutions and Built is helping you with these healthy, tasty, delicious protein bars that are revolutionizing protein bars. 100% real chocolate. Yes, real chocolate. And the great flavors, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, churro, just a few examples. Get them at Built.com or run to the store, Walmart or Sam's Club. Get the four-bar box, get the 13-bar box by the, by the pharmacy section and uh, load up on some Built bars right now do it today. It's Built Bar, also at Built.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Parlays. Luke and I endeavored to bet on tennis. How'd that go, Luke? Nope. It went nope. nope. Never again. Arif, you missed the show, but I put, I did a four leg parlay. All of the legs were a heavily, heavily favored tennis player, like minus 450, minus 700, minus 500, all in that ballpark. I had never heard of this tournament. I think it was very low level called the ITF Rome. And uh, I learned something. I learned that the upset potential in the ITF Rome, super high. Because three of my four overwhelming favorites lost in tennis. 
just get the par- knowledge with you next year, man. Think of the That's- parlay. That you, I could have you, hit. You invested in knowledge. That's what happened at this parlay. Yeah, I did. Nobody won. Arif, uh, I think LeBron. The Lakers won, but LeBron did not get thirty. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the Mavs did. Your uh, Michigan I, I needed, guy needed, did not needed, get four threes. I, I needed the Mavs to win, and also for Luca to get a double double. He was two rebounds away. Sucks because the first time I had checked, he like eight minutes in, he had like six rebounds and eleven points, and I was like, "All right, let's go." But I had already lost the LeBron part of the parlay anyway, and then also uh, I forget the I just picked a guy at random in college basketball who was projected to get a bunch of threes, and then I took an alternate line where he made even more threes than he was projected. Yeah, and in our group chat, we were finding out who this guy was. Uh, <laughs> I think his name is Jet Howard. Uh, yeah. Juwan Howard's son, right? And and I was like, hey, actually, it looks like I made a good bet. If you take a look at his last five games, he beats the bet by a pretty substantial margin. That's great. He made two threes. I had bet on him to make four. Uh, really fantastic. This is how you learn about what basketball even is and who mm-hmm. Luka Doncic is and what he does and how good Doncic. he is. And apparently how he's going to be – is it pronounced different? I don't care. Is he like <laughs> yeah. Serbian? I That yeah. seems right. Doncic. Um, well, I guess that makes more sense. Uh, and and he and Kyrie Irving are going to be on a really fun, uh, fantastical adventure ride into new depths mm-hmm. of knowledge, previously heretofore unseen in modern media. Uh, and and that's really what I was gambling on, honestly. And, and in that sense, I Joe Rogan episode ever. Oh my gosh! Oh, man. Yes. <laughs> I I you don't know? I don't want Luca to talk to Kyrie about Serbia at all, not once. <laughs> You know who did win their parlay? Who's not here? Luke Get out. No way. Are you kidding me? Luke Get out. What he, he, he took over 49 and a half Giannis points, rebounds, and assists combined, and he got 54 points in the game. And then he had Jokic 10 and a half rebounds, easy cover. Luke Inman is now two for three. Okay, so is it Jokic? Parlays. Is that how it's pronounced? Really? Yes. You think it's Jokic? I think it's Jokic. I think it's Jokic. Why do we call Which him is Joker? Why I think the Joker nickname is funny. I okay. Nikola Jokic. There we go. Nikola Jokic. N- Nicole, Jokic. Nicole Jokic. <laughs> I miss this is uh, a basketball I miss Nikola Pekovic. That's that's what I want to say. I like yeah, that one. That was a good era. So this is a truncated show. Now the reasons being Hall of Famer Mel Blunt is joining the Ron Johnson show and Mel Blunt waits for no man. And I don't want to make Mel Blunt angry. Um, so that's why we cut it off a little short today, but the good news is we're four days a week and we're back Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday as well on the Minnesota football party. So Arif, have fun in Arizona, Luke, uh, have fun recording your show locked on Vikings. Go listen to it. It's great. All right. Peace out everyone. It's the Minnesota football party. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.